This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both coming away, James Pierce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. You okay? Yeah, welcome. Okay, we are here in Barcelona Airport uh, on Thursday morning. Obviously, Liverpool have just uh, seen the hopes of reaching a second successive Champions League final take something of a rather large knock with a heavy defeat against Barcelona, three 0 the score. Uh, James, what was your overall view of the game? Was it a little bit harsh that scoreline? On the right? I think it was incredibly harsh. Yeah, I think um, real kind of strange mix of emotions today, really, because I think. Performance-wise, that was that was absolutely bang up there from Liverpool. I thought, um, you know, they were brave, they were bold, and then they, you know, the way that Klopp set them up, they were they were set up to hassle and harry Barcelona, and they dominated chunks of that game. You know, especially probably the first 20-25 minutes of the second half, when you know the locals were whistling and jeering, and and you know and you really sensed that Liverpool were on the brink of swinging the tie their way. Yet. Um, ultimately they were undone by not being ruthless enough in the final third missing chances some pretty bad luck along the way as well and then you'd have to say also the absolute breathtaking brilliance of Lionel Messi who's who's two goals in the last 15 minutes have well and truly put Barcelona in a position of ascendancy in the time I mean, what can we say about Messi I mean, we all see him on television nearly every week playing for Barcelona and you don't really get a true you know, realisation of how good he actually is but he's, you know, before the game even Rakitic spoke and he said that you know, Messi you know, you've seen the way that he's playing the game this season he said at the start of the season that the Champions League was the one he wanted to win they haven't won it since 2015 Barcelona Jurgen Klopp said that sounded like a little bit of a threat you know jokingly so but it's like everybody knows what he's going to do everybody knows the talent that he's got but there isn't a lot that can be done to stop him when he gets in the mood like he was during those last 20 minutes is there? No and I think like Andy Robertson summed it up perfectly after the game when he said he, he said I thought I actually thought we handled him really well I thought I thought Liverpool did for long periods I thought Fabinho um, certainly in that kind of opening 20-30 minutes was snapping at his heels um, you know d- denying him space to operate in I thought you know Robertson did, did well against him as well um, you know one magnificent challenge from him on Messi in the, in the first half that, that saved what would have been a likely goal but he's on a different level that's the thing because you know you can you can keep him quiet for long periods yet suddenly you know he, he, he'll pounce on any any tiny little bit of opportunity and space that comes his way and the second goal Barca's second goal was you know, there, there was fortune in it in terms of the way that the ball ricocheted into the path of Suarez and then of course it comes back off the bar perfectly for Messi to score but even that opening came from Messi you know with that those dazzling feet of his running at Liverpool's back line and then I mean what can you say about the free kick you know you're talking about a world-class goalkeeper in Alisson Becker who hasn't got near it and I wouldn't give any criticism to the Liverpool goalie for that I think just the pace and precision and technique um, yeah I think sometimes some players kind of transcend who you support and you just have to take your hat off and say that you know unfortunately Lionel Messi was the was the difference really on, on the night because um, you know it, it, he is just you know, on a on a different planet. Just speaking generally, then, just as a football fan, was it 
a privilege to be there in the sense of seeing somebody do something like that. If you take away the if you take away the whole Liverpool thing out of it, would you say that? Yeah, oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even you know even the free kick. Of course, you you know you're gutted when it flies in the top corner, but you know, you, you still have that. Oh my God, you've, we've just witnessed something truly special there and I must admit that I didn't actually see when he was actually running up to strike because I thought he's not going to try a shot from there (laughs) then looked up and it's like oh no it's it you know a moment like that you know that's I don't care who you support and you know across any you know when you see moments like that in in sport just someone at the absolute peak of their powers do something like that is you know it's just just genius and yeah but you know it was it wasn't the night we wanted at the new camp but you know, it, 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 the stats are just crazy, aren't they? You know, yeah, that was his sixth, the six hundredth yeah. goal, and what a way to bring it up! Fourteen years to the day since he scored his first one as well. And uh, you know, I saw a stat this morning that you know, when you if you combine Liverpool's highest goal scorer, obviously Ian Rush with Wayne Rooney, United's highest goal scorer, combined they still haven't got as many as Messi for Barcelona. I think I think my favourite Messi stat, the one that came out last night that we saw, was that he. In terms of the people who scored the most amount of goals against the Premier League's top six, I can't remember who's top. I think Sergio Aguero's top, then it's Jamie Vardy, then it's somebody else, and then it's Messi. And Messi doesn't even play in the Premier League. I know, just yeah, just absolutely ludicrous. And um... but for, but for all of that, for all of that, if he's not there, Liverpool definitely in this time because of the way that he played. I know there was a lot of talk before the game about Roberto Firmino would he play or wouldn't he play. Turns out he was only fit enough. Whether he was only fit enough for 12 minutes, I guess we'll, we'll never really know, to be honest. Because in the time that he was on, he managed to have a shot. They got cleared off the line, and then from that, Mohamed Salah hit the post. Which we'll talk in a minute about the the importance of not scoring an away goal. But were you? Not, were you I'm going to say, were you surprised a by the formation that Liverpool picked in terms of putting Gini Wijnaldum up top? But then were you also surprised by how well it seemed to work, certainly for those 20 minutes at the start of the second half? And the, and the first 10 minutes, to be fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, you know, pe- pe- because of the scoreline, of course, there's, a, there's some negativity flying around. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't criticise Klopp for his team selection. I actually, <coughs> I actually thought he, he found a... There are, there are a lot of people online who are criticising him yeah, for that's, it. That's people that, that, don't, that don't look at the bigger picture. They're, they're the same people that think this season will be consigned to absolute failure if Liverpool don't win a trophy which quite clearly is absolutely ridiculous when they could you know, be dumped out of the Champions League by the, one of the greatest players who's ever played the game and be denied the Premier League title despite getting 97 points so no it was I wouldn't criticise I thought I thought it was an ingenious solution to what was a big problem because I think it underlined what we kind of said in the build up to the game is that Firmino is so important to the way Liverpool play they just don't have a like for like replacement and you know, I think it made perfect sense not to play Sturridge, not to play Origi, because he clearly didn't have the faith in them to do the job that he wanted from that central striker. And um, you know, I thought fair play to Wijnaldum, you know, in a position that you know he wouldn't have played that far forward really since his Newcastle days. Um, but I thought he helped set the tone in the, the first 20-25 minutes with with his. Uh, work rate, you know, he's such an intelligent footballer. The way, you know, at times he was dropping back off into midfield, so it was almost a, a fourth man at midfield at times. Um, he struggled a little bit before the break, but I think that's because Barcelona kind of got a grip of what was happening. Because for those first 10 15 minutes, Liverpool were taking the game to them. It was only when Suarez scored that perhaps Barcelona settled in some ways. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and again. You've got you've got to give Klopp credit for that because we you know you, you thought to yourself how how is he going to set Liverpool up are they going to retreat a bit 
and you know looked to contain Barcelona, but they didn't. You know they played high up the field. They you know they hassled and, and harried, and you know you look at PK and how unsettled he was by the pace of Sadio Mane. You know there was there was a lot to admire about that Liverpool performance, and you know it, you know it was far from ideal losing Naby Keita to that groin injury midway through the first half. I thought he'd started the game well. But but Jordan Henderson did well when he came on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He put yeah, that, he did for well. example, he put that that ball through to Sadio Mane, and you could tell from the reaction of the Barcelona fans, they kind of gasped didn't they, when they saw what had happened, yeah. and then they, everyone was just waiting for the the ball to hit the back of the net, but it didn't, and that was kind of the case for Liverpool in this game certainly the second half they created three or four great chances and that's before we get to the one that it's the boast at the end yeah and it was it's a shame in a way that probably two of the better ones fell to James Milner when you'd have probably wanted a a more proficient goal scorer on the end of it but Liverpool played some great stuff I mean I I thought you know they went off at half time and and you you thought you know they were a bit unlucky to be 1-0 down here because I thought they'd started the game really well then Barca had grown into it and you've got to take your hat off to the quality of the, the first goal with you know Alba with a wonderful ball in and <coughs> Suarez stealing in between the two centre-backs. It, it was in some ways a little bit like the chance that Mario missed, wasn't it? A cross that was deep from the from the wing, low, passing through, round the back yeah. of the defence that split the, the centre-backs. And But obviously Suarez puts his away and Mane's was obviously a little bit harder, I think. Yeah, I thought I felt a bit for Mane because I think the ball was just a bit too far in front of him, wasn't it? And I think <coughs> you know they'd had, they'd had the sprinklers on... You know, pretty much full pelt before the game, and you we, could, we, can't, we can't talk. We can't talk about Johannes or Wetness and pitches. We know this. <laughs> was, I think just the Mane chance. When you watch it again, I think it does just skid away from him, and he's at he's at full stretch. And initially, I, I thought you know he should do better there, but I think when you watch it again, it was very difficult to try and control that that shot. Um, I mean, Suarez was an absolute menace, wasn't he? It was it, for for all the reasons that he. The Liverpool fans loved him were all the reasons that he put on show didn't they because I wrote something along these lines that Liverpool fans who were like getting irate about him can't complain because he was just a wind up merchant when he was at Anfield yeah. and you have to you have to kind of respect that because yeah. it's wherever he goes he gives more than 100% to whatever team team he's at he said before the game that he was going to celebrate and obviously he did celebrate to be fair he did celebrate quite a lot if we're being honest he tended to go on for quite some time that celebration but I think he tried to get was it Milner or Fabinho sent off and he was up in the oh, face of Alisson yeah, yeah, and then the, yeah, the interesting thing that made me laugh is when the teams come out for the start of the second half the referee comes on and he stood right next to him and he just spends the entire walk to the centre spot just in the in the ear of the referee the game is even started I know he, well, he ended up getting booked didn't he for the centre as well late, you know, late on in the second ref half ref clearly got fed up with him the um I think you spot on I don't think I don't think you know it's unsavoury and you look at it and you think the, the absolute gall of the fella to, to behave like that I've been said in the build up to think oh, I still really love Liverpool and I've got this you know, special bond with the place but I've got to be honest I didn't really expect anything different from him you know, this is a fella that was prepared to cheat to knock Mansfield out of the FA Cup a few years ago you know, he'd, he'd sell his granny for a fiver if it meant winning a football game so you know, it's, that's, that's Luis Suarez and I think you're right you can't, you can't secretly admire and love that kind of those antics when he's wearing your club shirt and then cry foul when he does it against you because that's just him. You know, he's he's this this combative footballer that will you know win at absolute all costs and um, yeah, I think I think his antics. If 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 there was any question about what kind of affection would be shown to him at Anfield. I think that has gone out the window after how how he's behaved in the first leg. And I'd I'd probably throw Coutinho into the same bracket. I was going to mention about Coutinho because he didn't have the greatest of games. I mean, mean, he's up against Joe Gomez, who we'll come on to him in a minute. 
it was reaction of the crowd. He had one or two passes which the crowd started to murmur a little bit. He had a shot in the first half, didn't he, which I think Alisson saved, yeah. and then the crowd were quite happy with that. But then when he got substituted, there were quite a lot of fans jeering. You've got to bring around, there was nearly 99,000 people in the Barcelona's biggest crowd this season. And they were giving him what for, weren't they? Yeah, and um, I, th- I think that's, that just underlines where he's at with the Barcelona fans because he hasn't, I think in their minds, he hasn't come close to living up to that £142 million prize tag. Um, and again, you know, I, I don't think he would have endeared himself to anyone with, with some of his antics. I mean, there was the one just before half-time when he, he went down theatrically demanding a penalty, I think, after Joel Matip had, had challenged with him. Um, so, no, I mean, he, as it was, Coutinho was kind of the worst, the, the least of Liverpool's worries last night because you know, he, he didn't really influence the game. Um, and it was, you know, I think the fact that Valverde made that change what about around the, the hour mark was a sign of how concerned everyone in the Barca ranks were about the way the game had swung Liverpool's way. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And that turned into a quite uh, influential substitution because it involved a little bit of a tactical switch for Barcelona and that's when they then ramped it up, a, you know, thanks to Messi, ramped it up a, a further gear towards the end. Do you feel Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, it's been a criticism in the past, do you feel as though maybe he didn't react quick enough to that substitution or didn't change things? Because by the end of the game, Liverpool made that decision didn't they? because they know the importance of the away goal. They seem to go, right, we just need to score this away goal. I mean, you had that, that situation in, in injury time where Liverpool losing 3-0, they get a corner and Klopp's right saying to Alisson, go and get up there. You know, and, and Andy Robertson has to just physically just say to him, no, don't do that, get back there. It's just as well he did, because that's when Dembele and other stuff legs it down the other end. Well, Messi does the run, doesn't he, for about 50 yards. Dembele's next to him, he passed it to him, and Dembele could easily finish the game full stop, hit it straight at the keeper. Do you think maybe Klopp didn't yeah. react fast enough to the substitution, or was it just it's very easy to be clever in hindsight? Um, probably a bit of both. I think it is easy to definitely be clever in hindsight, but I'd like to have seen Firmino on a bit earlier. I thought um, I, I thought we would have seen him. Kind of, I, I thought once it got past the hour mark, well, was, that was about the time that they made the substitution, wasn't it? it was yeah. Bang on the hour, so yeah. Because uh, I, I just thought you know he'd, he'd trained. Klopp had said pre-match, hadn't he? He said the medical staff says he's available for selection, but he wasn't convinced he had ninety in him. Well, you know, I'm sure he would have had thirty in him. Um, but I can kind of understand because even even though the Barcelona change, I think Roberto when he got moved up into midfield, it, it, it did help Barcelona kind of stem the flow and and Liverpool didn't look as threatening. But I, I was still watching that game thinking, you know, I, I fancy this to finish one each. I thought, you know, surely Liverpool will, they're not going to keep on missing chances. Barcelona did look vulnerable defensively. Um, I, I didn't feel as if that second goal for Barcelona was really coming, and then you know, it was it was unfortunate the way that the way that that came about, and then obviously the, the third one you can't do anything about. Although I haven't seen that the, it wasn't, the replay it wasn't, back it wasn't it was a free kick. kick no, it? no, no, he's, he's quite he's literally jumped into Fabino. It's quite clever. To be fair, and, um, he had, you know, Fabinho, I know we had a bit of a difference of opinion in the first half over Fabinho's, the quality of his performance, but Messi did give him the run around a little bit. There's no shame in that. He's quite good at football. Yeah, and I, I mean, the last five minutes was just absolutely chaotic. And it was, it was out of keeping really with Liverpool's previous, you know, how they, they'd kept their heads and been really calm and composed. I think for pretty much the, the entire rest of the night, but it was almost yeah, it was almost like they realised 
we have to score an away goal here, otherwise we've got no chance. And you know, they, I mean, how how they didn't score when you know the Firmino one cleared off the line by Rakitic, and then you think it's one of those moments where you're just waiting for the net to bulge when it, the rebound drops to Salah, he hits the post, and that felt like a, a big, big yeah. moment. And then Liverpool just suddenly got so desperate there that you know there was you know obviously the Dembele chance deep into stoppage time. I mean that is unbelievable. And Messi <laughs> again has run half the length of the pitch or whatever, put one on a plate for Dembele, and then I don't even know. It kind of hits it into the floor. Yeah. It's like watching you at five aside. Now, now, there's no need for that. <laughs> Have you scored against Liverpool? Yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, I just, I mean, he's made an absolute hash of it, and you only had to see Messi's reaction, but he kind of dramatically <laughs> threw himself to the turf in like, oh my God, how have, you, how have you managed to cop that up? Now, this game was billed in some senses as Van Dijk against Messi, but you know, Van Dijk wasn't perhaps at his best. Instead, it was two other Liverpool defenders who, who I thought, sadly, the ratings performed very well. That was Andy Robertson, who we've just mentioned, and Joel Matip. And Matip has, you know, he, this calendar year, since he came back into the team, he has been very good. And, and, ten, and last night he showed why he's been in there ahead of, uh, ahead of Dejan Lovren. But it wasn't quite as great a night for Joe Gomez. We, we'd mentioned, hadn't we, on the podcast before the game that there'd, be, there'd been some rumours that Gomez would be picked ahead of Trent Alexander. We had no basis to this, but it turns out that ended up being true. Was that the right move? Do you know what? I didn't. Again. I actually thought Gomez did well first half. I thought I thought he tired um, second half, which again that was I think when we did the pod preview in the game, we said that was that was probably the one thing where you would think it would be a massive gamble playing him because he played so little football. I was looking back, he's he played before last night. He played half an hour of football since breaking his leg at Burnley in early December in terms of first team football over three substitute appearances. That was a c- combined tally of half an hour. So. It wasn't a great surprise in a game of that speed and intensity that he tired in the second half. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't criticise Gomez because I, I, I think, I think he did as well as you could possibly expect. But then, if you're Trent Alexander-Arnold and you've played in the Champions League final and you've played in a World Cup, gutted. you'd be gutted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. the same, same with Henderson, wasn't it? Because you could tell, yeah. you know, he's Liverpool captain. This is the biggest game of the season. He's on the bench despite the fact there are four central midfielders in the starting lineup. If you count Wijnaldum as well. Because he came on with the bit between his teeth, the point to prove. Was there any suggestion that maybe it could you know, hamper these players a little bit? Just this this call, or is that just something they've got got to get used to? No, I think they've just got to get used to it. I think I'm sure Trent was was gutted to miss out, and um, but I could, you know, I think that you could see the logic in terms of on a night when Liverpool were going to have to defend in numbers at times that he wanted. A, a more kind of out and out defender as opposed to an attacking fullback in that position. Um, I mean, the Henderson thing surprised me just because he's been in such great form, um, and and I think I, I just think with Klopp having decided that Firmino wasn't wasn't complete completely ready, then he had to have a bit of a rethink, and I think you know, that was probably why we saw Cater in the in the starting lineup and. Yeah, I mean, of course, for Henderson, you know, he, he would have been absolutely, you know, gutted to, to miss that start lineup. But as you said, when he did come on, he did very well, and I'm sure we'll see Henderson start the second leg. Was this, in some ways, then the worst way Liverpool could have lost? Because there's a 
losing 3-0, you can lose 3-0 and play poorly, and then the other team get a sense of complacency when they come to Anfield for the second leg. But Liverpool lost 3-0, played really well. And, and after the game, some of the Barcelona players were saying, look, we know this. You know, we're 3-0 up and we're in a great position, but we know this tie isn't over because A, it's Anfield in the, in the next Tuesday, and we know what that means. And also B, Liverpool actually played really well. Do you know, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends how, I mean, the way you take, I, I, I actually, you know, it's not much consolation today, but I think the fact that Liverpool went toe-to-toe with Barcelona in their own backyard and played that well, you've got, you've got to try and take positives from it. And of it course showed, it's galling. It showed that they are at that elite level, yeah, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, and people, you know, as I think Klopp said himself, people will look at that scoreline and, and think, you know, it, comments around the game are just making excuses but they're not excuses are they because well, well United lost 3-0 at Barcelona in the yeah. quarterfinals they, they, you know, they were outclassed yeah. weren't they Liverpool weren't outclassed and you only had to you know Valverde's quotes afterwards you know eulogising in praise of this Liverpool team and you know warning his players the tie is far from over because you know, he said we've, we've seen what that Liverpool are capable of you only had to see the reaction as well from the Barcelona fans Liverpool had more possession than Barcelona in the new Camp they had more more attempts on, on goal. They uh, you know, more more corners. You look at the stats. It's absolutely crazy on a night where we expected Liverpool to have their backs against the wall. So you know, it depends which way you look upon it. You, you're right in that to play that well and come away three nil over three nil defeat is absolutely galling. And the biggest challenge for Klopp now in the next few days will be to try and lift chins off the floor because Liverpool just don't have time to to feel sorry for themselves. Um, there's, there's too much still to play for but I, I do think going into the second leg it's not like say Liverpool have been completely outclassed I, th- I think you'd go into that second leg thinking there's absolutely zero chance because there's too much of a golfing class between the teams but that's not the case I think it's a huge huge ask and, and not getting away goal has made their task that much more difficult because it, you know you means Barca score once Liverpool need to score five um, but well, You've got to try and take the positives from it. You know, Klopp described it as that he thought it was Liverpool's best Champions League performance during his reign, and I can I can see where he's coming from. Two things then to finish with. The first thing is, do Liverpool have a chance then of turning it around in the second leg? Personally speaking, I think Liverpool could easily score three, but the trick's going to be scoring three and Barcelona not scoring any because if they score one, it's you know it's five. Liverpool would need five, and that's a massive ask. Then, you know, there's the history of all these comebacks for Liverpool. You think of Olympiacos and you think of Dortmund a couple of years ago, but they were all in the context of a single game. They need, so it's very different going into a game needing three goals as opposed to it happening during the course of a game, such as Istanbul in 2005. Do you think Liverpool can do What percentage would you put on Liverpool going through? There's a question Fif- for you. 15%? 15? Yeah. 15? Uh, no, I think... Maybe t- 10 to 15, 10 to 15, yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, I think, I think there's a couple of things to factor in. One is Barcelona players will be well aware what happened to them in the quarter-final stage last season when they won 4-1 at home and then lost the second leg 3-0 away to Roma. You know, if Liverpool... You know, we, we know how, you know what, what Anfield will be like next Tuesday night. There won't, be, there won't be any doom and gloom around the place then. It will be absolutely rocking. And if Liverpool can get an early goal, then it will be very interesting to see how Barcelona respond to that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it was telling last night that you know the what was there four and a half thousand Liverpool fans in the new camp kept in long after the final whistle. They were singing and, and chanting, and you know, there was no despondency amongst them. I think you know, this is a these are Liverpool fans that have seen them come back from three 0 down at half time in a final against 
the mighty AC Milan to, to lift the trophy. So, you know, if you can come back from three down with 45 minutes to go against Milan, you can, you know, the, the prospect of doing it with, with 90. At home um, as well. At home against Barcelona, it isn't impossible. And I think we saw that this, this Barcelona team, aren't they aren't, they aren't unstoppable. The, the, the biggest problem Liverpool have got is that they need to find a way to stop the best player in world football and one of the best that's ever ever played the game because you know if he has a five or ten minute spell like he had last night then you know then hope will disappear but um no it's it's not over it's not over there there is still there is still hope um but you know the the, the priority now is obviously ensuring that the mindset is absolutely spot on for Newcastle away on Saturday night because well, that, that, was, that, that, that was such gonna, a big well, game. that was going to be the final question about they can't afford to mope can they because you know there's every chance that if they don't recover from this straight away that they could end up hampering their other thing that they're going for the Premier League title which you said they're still aiming for those 97 points which if Manchester City get 98 then fair play to them but Liverpool have to ensure that they make Manchester City work for that and would you expect to see a number of changes in Liverpool's team up at uh, St James's Park on Saturday night? Yeah I, I think I think undoubtedly there'll be significant changes Ho- hopefully we'll see Roberto Firmino back in the starting lineup. I think you know, you'd, you'd imagine that Henderson would would, would start as well. You know, probably be looking at Day and Love one coming into the back four. I'm, I'm sure Trent uh, will come in at right back um, because that would have taken a huge amount out of the players, both mentally and physically. Um, but they they just have to keep going because that that Man City game against Leicester on Monday night that that is not a gimme for Man City by any stretch of the imagination. You look at you know, I think since since Brendan Rodgers came in at Leicester, only Liverpool and City have picked up more points than the, than the Foxes. Um, and you look at you know the form that Vardy's in at the moment. Liverpool just have to ensure that City have to win that game. Um, and it won't be up, it won't be easy up at St James's Park on Saturday night because you know the locals up there will be up for it. They'll they'll be smelling a bit of blood as well after you know seeing Liverpool ultimately getting beaten. Uh, so heavily in the in the new camp, but um, no, this this has been a fantastic season. You know that, that what happened in the new camp hurts, but you know, it, there's still too much at stake to mope around. You know Liverpool have just got to lick their wounds and and get back to it and um, take this title race right down to the wire. Just one final thing, James. It's Camp New, not New Camp. No, no, no. It's, no, no, it's Camp New. No, it's Camp New. It's Camp New. It's not. It's Camp New. It's not. It's Camp New. You wrong. go. You, well, you have a look outside the stadium. Go back there now before, That's before the we fight. Spanish version. But the Catalan version. And it's the correct one. It's not. It is. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.